Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast. My name is Chloe, and today I am not joined by Pastor Adam. Instead, I am joined by a special guest, Tara Ferris. Tara, say hey. Hey. (laughs) We're so excited to have Tara on the podcast with us today. Um, Do you wanna tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, thanks. Um, I have been in the Danville, Pennsylvania County area my whole life. Um, I was raised um, up going to a church here in Danville that my mom worked at. So that was the church that I attended for all of my childhood up to early adult years. And then I started working at a church myself and have been working there for the past 10 years. Wow. Yes. What do you do there? So, um, For the past 10 years, I have been working with the Children, Youth, Young Adult Ministries, Mm. as well as overseeing our daycare ministry, which runs throughout the whole week. And this past year, I transitioned to solely being full-time with the daycare, which has... Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's been a blessing, but it's also allowed me to not be working on Sundays, which is something that I have not experienced since I was in my early 20s. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. That is so cool. So you enjoy your job. You enjoy getting to have those Sundays off, I'm sure. I do. I do. That's awesome. Cool. So, Tara, you also have something cool that you do online that I would love to hear you share about. You have a blog, right? Can you tell us more about your blog? Yes. So when I knew that my job would be transitioning, I kind of was pushed with the question of, well, what church would I go to? Because I had worked at the same church for the past 10 years, but that was not my home church. Right. Um, And I didn't feel that maybe it was right for me to go back to my home church, but I didn't necessarily know where to go. Yeah. And the process of visiting churches can be very scary for anyone. Absolutely. um, Even for somebody who understands the ins and outs of working at a church, which I had a decade of experience in, and then I also, my mom worked in a church, so I knew what I was getting into, like even before I started working in like the church world. So I kind of, it was just put on my heart to, this is known as the city of churches. And I have maybe only been to a handful. Yeah. So I don't want to just pick one and then settle. Like, let me go out and explore and see what Danville has to offer. There's a church, like, you could stand in this parking lot and count three or four churches. Yep. Let me just go out. And and I know you cannot, you know, measure a church in one Sunday at all. Yeah, of course. But I really wanted to see what the churches had to offer and document it. And that's where the Church Hopper blog just kind of was born from. And it was it was created in a way where I didn't want to visit a church and write about it and be like, these are everything that this church did wrong. This is what they did right. right. It was in a way that I hope it would inspire people to know that if you 
do not have a church home, have not been going to church since maybe before the pandemic. Like, it's okay to visit a church. It's okay to visit multiple churches. I go to all these churches by myself alone, which is another thing that many people don't want to do. They don't want to visit a church solo. Right. Or or sometimes they don't want to, like, maybe bring their child because they don't want to, you know, drop them off in a new environment. Right. So I'm hoping that by writing about each church visit, it gets people – maybe the encouragement that they need, that it's okay. Like you can show up to a church. The majority of the places that I have gone are very welcoming to newcomers. Um, You don't feel awkward. You know, overall, it's usually a really great experience. And I'm hoping that people will be inspired to, you know, get up in the mornings and just try something different. Yes, that is so cool. And as you were saying that, I was honestly thinking like, that is so awesome because it takes the pressure off of someone who's like, maybe I want to go visit this church, but you have this blog that you've already visited. And so they can kind of have a better idea of what to expect. So it's really like you're looking out for everybody else who's like, was in the same boat as you were, you know, and you were like, I want to try another church, but I don't know what to expect. It's like really looking out for everybody else who's trying to figure that out. So that is so cool. Yeah. And that's the hope that, you know, if they follow along with a blog, they could be like, oh, well, this sounds like this church may be perfect for what my family needs or what I need individually. Or I hope that I never steer them, you know, away necessarily for a church. But hopefully if I do have to, because I do write truthfully. And so if I do feel that there is a church that does not align with who I believe God is, um, and I try to write that in a way that um, hopefully they would not steer clear of that church, but maybe they would just go with a different viewpoint. Yes. Um, and Be a little more on guard towards it. Exactly. Exactly. And, I, and I've written for many churches where I've said, you know, this may not be a church that I would continue, you know, to visit, you know, regularly. Right. However, I do feel that it could be a great church for someone whose beliefs do line up with this particular denomination yeah. or this particular, you know, age group, because there's not going to be one church that works for everybody. Right. And I think that's really important to know that just because something doesn't work for you doesn't discredit for it doesn't discredit it for everybody. Absolutely. That is so cool. I love hearing you talk about that. I was telling my mom that I was doing this podcast with you and she was like, I want to read that blog. That sounds so awesome. So just know that my mom is a fan. She's going to start reading your blog soon. (laughs) So knowing that Tara has been hopping around and visiting all the churches in Danville, um, which like she said, is known to be the city of churches. There's one on basically every corner. Um, Adam suggested her for talking on this series that we're in right now about why the church in America is in decline. We thought that she was the perfect candidate for it. And um, just some t- statistics, that is such a difficult word, <laughs> um, just some statistics about um, why the American church is in decline and why we can see that. Um, so I actually just listened to a little bit of a podcast. I didn't get to finish it because it was a long podcast, but I started a podcast this morning. It was published last year and they were talking about how you can see the different uh, percentages from um, each generation that identified as Christian and how it's gone down over the years. And so the silent generation, which is the generation of like 1928 to 1945, um, 84% of them identified as Christian. And if you hop a little ways forward to the baby boomers, which was 1946 to 1964, 76% of them identified as Christian. And then if you hop forward more, millennials 
only 49% of them identify as Christian. So that's just like a few statistics on how we know for a fact it's not just like a statement we're not just throwing out there like, oh, the American church is in decline and like we don't have anything to back that up. We just want to say it to like freak everybody out. No, it's nothing like that. Is There's facts that are showing this and there's more that you can learn in your own time with a quick Google search, but we'll just leave it at that. Um, but Tara, we want to know what is your perspective on this? Like you've been hopping around to all these different churches. You've experienced so many different denominations and traditions and all of that. What would your perspective be on why you think the American church right now is in decline? You know, um, this weekend will actually be my 20th church visit, oh, that's so uh, which cool. is a pretty cool, mon- pretty cool, um, milestone, but you know, I could easily pick out little nitpicky things that make churches maybe not as welcoming. Um, right. You know, whether it's n- their websites aren't updated or there's no signs to really show people where to go or doors are locked or I could pick little things like that. But in order for anyone to even experience those details, they have to try to attend that church. Yeah. Um, because I have to believe if somebody is trying to attend church, um, then they want it. Yeah. And oftentimes they'll look over those little things. I believe with everything that I have that the biggest thing that is keeping people away from church, away from associating with being a Christian, mm-hmm. is Christians. Mm. I believe that the way people carry around that word, whether it's a bumper sticker on their car, um, the T-shirts that they wear, um, they do so many things in the name of being a Christian that is not like Christ. And that is absolutely what I believe is drawing people away from wanting to be associated as a Christian or for wanting to be a part of the church. Yeah. Um, And that is so sad. To say as a lifelong, like I don't know of any, I can't think of a time in my life where I didn't go to church, you know, I don't have this huge, you know, coming to, you know, Jesus' story. He's always been a part of my life, but we are doing far more to keep people away from Jesus than the quote unquote enemy is. Mm. We are our own worst nightmares than this, and that is so sad. Yeah, it's terrible. So what are some things that you're seeing Christians do that you think are those things that's keeping people away? Because I completely agree with you. I think that that is a major reason is we're saying we're acting like Jesus, but we're not acting like Jesus at all. I think... I think social media is a big thing. It's Um, so damaging, yes. It's so damaging because people think that they can just type whatever they want to, and it's so incredibly hurtful to see what people that are maybe even on our own friends list are saying, Um, just seeing what they write, and it's so filled with hate, which goes so much against the gospel of Jesus. Um, and I do believe that some of that can contribute to churches not living out um, the gospel. You know, yeah. I do believe that a lot of churches get hung up on certain things and they're not actually looking at what did Jesus's ministry look like? Yeah. What was Jesus doing? Um, and they follow more with, well, the churches has always done it this way. And so they're following tradition and they're following kind of a church legacy yeah. versus actually modeling what Jesus was teaching his disciples to do, yeah, um, which is really sad. Uh, yeah. We really just need to get back to the basis yeah. <laughs> of, you know, look at what Jesus did and try to repeat it, Yeah, living out the Great Commission. Um, so many people were probably t- 
taught maybe in the wrong way. Mm. Um, and they've kind of r- run with it. And yeah. they believe that they believe those things to be the gospel. Yes. But I believe that the way that they talk to other people, the way they share things um, on you know social media, the way they respond to people, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and then also just in you know the the big media, the people that whether they are politicians or they are famous people, you know they'll throw out the name Christian, and then the way they act. Yes, I think it really does kind of put a put a damper on what those of us who are really trying to live out, you know you know, Christ yes. in the community, it's it's really hard. <laughs> it's, yes. an, it's an uphill battle for sure. Yes, it definitely is. That is something that I also, I completely agree with you on all of that. Like noticing people that are like, yeah, I'm a Christian, blah, blah, blah. And then you see them just spewing hate, whether it's politics or just literally anything. They're so hateful online. And you're like, really? Like, this is going to be your testimony? Like, this Absolutely. is what, this is how you're going to represent Jesus. Like, you're going to let this your belief on xyz like come over top of everything else that you believe about god it's mm-hmm. it's awful it's heartbreaking it's heart-wrenching and uh, i don't know what do you so what are your thoughts on like what do you think we can do to remedy that to change that you know in my years in youth ministry i used to always tell my youth group i was like do not plaster all over social media, like all this Christian stuff, if you're not going to also live up to that. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, it's just like... Absolutely. Like when I was in middle school and high school, I used to volunteer at the hospital. Yeah. And we had these like little polos that had our, you know, the hospital name on it. And before we left our volunteer shift, we had to change our clothes because they did not want us as volunteers walking around with the name of the hospital because what we did on our off time, they didn't want to then poorly reflect on the hospital. Yeah. And I and that stuck with me, um, number one, because it was really annoying to have to bring a change of clothes. But <laughs> it did make sense. And then as I got older, I saw people on the lunch breaks, they'd have to flip their name tags over. And it was that same thing because, you know, for people's jobs, what they do outside of work doesn't need to reflect what they do during their nine to five. But as Christians, when we're supposed to live that out in all areas, that's a responsibility. And I don't think many people understand the weight of that. Mm-hmm. And everything that we do is either pulling people towards Jesus or pushing them away from it. Yeah. And we don't wake up with that mindset. I know I'm guilty Same. <laughs> as much as anybody Same. else yeah. that we don't understand the weight of our words and our actions. And we just too freely expressed our, our knee-jerk reactions to things yeah. without thinking, thinking things through. And I see these arguments and stuff like online, and I see like people that I know and respect and see the way they're talking to people. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, yep. why? Why? Why can't we be in disagreement but still be in love with one another? Mm-hmm. Why can't we, you know, and so and I'll try to like in a nice way be like try to smooth things over right. because I hope like for an unbeliever, if they see all these people spewing something on, you know, a, maybe a post that they made that maybe they'll see one person that they associate as a Christian 
be different. So yeah. they still have hope that, okay, they're, they are not all like this. Yeah. There, are, there is somebody that maybe if they ever have a question or they ever have a desire to learn more, they'll know there's somebody that's that they can have a conversation with and that won't automatically condemn them because of the lifestyle that they have lived or maybe are currently living. Yeah. You know, just be that, be the difference. Yes. Um, but I think we just need to understand, like, the things that we do, people are watching. Mm-hmm. People are absorbing everything that we do. And we need to understand that responsibility. Yeah. You know, once you have marked yourself as a Christian, whether it's by checking in, you know, on Facebook, like to your church on Sunday or wearing a T-shirt or having a bumper sticker, once you have claimed yeah. that you are that, um, people look at you differently. Yeah. Um, just like if you tell somebody you're on a diet and they see you in like the McDonald's drive-thru every day, it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> I thought you're on a diet. Something's not adding up. Something's yeah. not adding up, you know? So obviously you're not really on a diet, right. you know, but then they see you, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And then your actions and your words um, are not adding up to that. It just it sends the wrong message. Yes, absolutely. I think that's such an important thing to remember, like what you're saying about like everything that you're doing, someone is watching and everything that you're doing is either pointing someone to Jesus or pointing them away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you don't just get to pick and choose day by day. And it's hard. Like I get it. Like we all have strong feelings and strong opinions and strong beliefs about certain things that are going on in the world, but you have to view it through the lens of the gospel. You Mm -hmm. have to view it through the lens of literally like, where's your bracelet that says, what would Jesus do? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And like before you post, before you speak, before you do X, Y, Z, before you get mad at somebody in traffic, like think about what would Jesus do? I have this bumper sticker on my car. I've claimed this, like whether I have a sticker or not, you know, I I've claimed this belief in my life. And if I'm not going to to let it really guide my life, then do I really believe it? Absolutely. You know, so it's, I, it's challenging. I had a pastor um, once, and he used to say it all the time, that you were given two ears and one mouth for a reason, and you should listen twice as much as you speak. Yep. And, you know, I think probably the first couple times I heard it, I was like, that's annoying. Because <laughs> I'm a talker, and I was like, okay, whatever, Charles. But it's so true. Yeah. And we can learn so much by listening to people and understanding what their needs are, what their struggles are. And when we truly like absorb all that information, which comes from listening, which comes from observation, um, then, you know, we can take that step back and then offer, you know, advice if it's asked, you know, words of encouragement if it's needed. Um, But we're so quick, you know, we're in a, a society that wants everything right now. Right. You know, like you wanted statistics on the decline in the church. You Googled it. Boom. It was there instantly. <laughs> right. Right? right. You know, like I was across town. I knew exactly how to come here to record this, but I wanted to know the fastest way to get here <laughs> to make sure I was here by a certain time. And you could time. find out immediately. I could immediately. <laughs> um, you know, we're just used to that. You yeah. know, um, we're, oh, drive through is too long. I'm going to mobile order. You yeah. know, we want things quick. Yeah. Um, but we need to remember that our responses to people don't need to be that quick. Because, you know, everybody's seen the the toothpaste challenge, right? Words are the same way. They can easily be squeezed out, but Mm -hmm. you can't take them back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the toothpaste thing. I forgot about that. But every time I see it, I'm like, (laughs) yes, it's so true. And as you were saying that, it reminds me of the what your pastor said. Um, You said it was your pastor, right? Yes. Okay. From a while back. Okay. So I just want to make sure I had that right. But um, the scripture in James, it says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. I think... As Christians, myself included, I would give us an F. 
<laughs> on being quick to listen because we're very we're quick to speak not mm-hmm. quick to listen so it's a challenge though I mean I don't want it to sound I'm not pointing the finger at anybody because I'm right there with you like when someone frustrates me or says something or does something you know you want to immediately be like well, I'm just gonna put them in their place but like right what about being quick to listen? What about being like Jesus, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, through through my visiting for different churches, you know, there are many places, you know, that can, you know, improve on, like, you know, having greeters at the door, like all those little things that make it easier for people to want to continue to come back. But I yeah. think our first fight is getting people to want to come to church, Yeah. period. Um, and then all that other stuff right. we can we can iron that out later. Yes. Uh, and and honestly, we even have a struggle right now, especially with the decline of church attendance, is even just getting Christians to come back to church. Yeah. You know, through this period of the pandemic, it's yeah. hard, and it hard. it's hard because we've also made it very easy for people to worship at home. Yeah. Um, which is is a beautiful thing that that's there, mm-hmm. and I think it is essential, but. Yeah, we need to we need to do things that you know make people want to be a part of a community of believers. Yes, um, because I do believe that it's very important to surround yourself with like-minded people to help you grow and challenge and, and serve together. Because yeah. you can do so much more good when you're together than yeah. you know separately. You know, absolutely, we're the body of Christ, right? So yes. we need the hands, the feet, the eyes, the ears. We need all of it, and you can do great on your own, absolutely. But nothing like when you come together, absolutely. So. If we can just get people to want to come. Yes. Yes, that is the key. (laughs) Everything else can be worked out. I like that you touched on online church, too. Would you say, do you think that that is the main reason that even Christians aren't showing up to be a part of, like, the body of Christ in person? Would you say, do you think that's the main reason, or do you think that there's been some other things that are pulling people away? Um, I believe that people have gotten very complacent and, dare I say, lazy, I mean, I know for me who, and I was working, you know, part of my job was on Sundays. And when we went online for the better part, you know, of a year, let me tell you, I enjoyed not waking (laughs) up as early on Sundays. I enjoyed being able to watch the service like on the couch, like drinking my coffee with my cat, (laughs) like in my pajamas. Like I'm not saying I didn't love it because I did. Yes, (laughs) I I did did. too. I'm right there with you. It was great. And it was like... Like, oh, well, now I can switch over and watch this church. And and I may have been getting more church then than I was before. Right. But there, you know, there again goes, like, I believe that online church is essential. It's really great to know that if you go on vacation, like, you can still worship with your church family. It's great to know if you are sick, not feeling well, you can plug in. It's great to know, like, especially, like, when I'm, like, writing a blog from a church I've visited, I can, almost every church I've been able to go back and re-listen to certain parts to make sure I quote things correctly, or did I hear that right? And that's amazing to have that. Yeah. Um, So I do think it's essential, and I don't think that churches need to, like, stop it. Right. But I do think that... It does make it hard for people that for a year or two, you know, they have filled in that time that they may have once always allotted for church. They filled it with other things, and it's really hard to get back into a routine Yeah, because, you know, you just get comfortable. Yeah. These were comfortable versus lazy. You yes, know? yes. And that was, that was honestly, for me, knowing that that first Sunday when I didn't have to go and work— it was like, if I don't get up and go to a church, then it might be another week and I don't go. 
and another week. I knew me and I knew that I needed I needed to go and I needed to have a plan and, and I needed to have that motivation because it was just me. So it's not like I had children or somebody that I need to, ha- it was all about me. Right. And sometimes it's hard, especially when you've been in a job where, you know, you're always caring for others, realize I need to do this for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, well, if I do this, then it won't be just me counting on going to church. It'll be helping, you know, other people. Wow, So yeah. that first Sunday, the first church I visited was literally the church that is across the street from my house. That's so like, cool. I literally walked out of my front door, walked straight over to that church. That's really convenient. <laughs> it was very convenient. Um, but then when I was leaving, I was like, oh, my gosh, they're going to see me. Now they know where I live. <laughs> They're gonna come find me if I don't come back. You know, because they were like, "Do you so? Do you live in the area?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do. I (laughs) live super close. You have no idea." Yeah, and then like I felt this is a very small church, and I'm like, "Yep, now they know." And then every Sunday when I don't come back, they're gonna be wondering where I'm at. You (laughs) know, writing letters and leaving them in your (laughs) yes. I was so worried about that. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. But yeah, we just gotta we just have to know that I. And for people that have never been a part of, you know, a community of faith, like if you're just a person who goes to church and worships and goes home mm-hmm. and you haven't like invested in serving, you haven't invested in like growing in a small group or serving or leading different places, it's probably not that big of a difference between worshiping at home and worshiping in your sanctuary or worship center. Yeah. But being a Christian is so much more than attending a worship service. Yep. It is so much more than that. And I think that if you only view going to church as I'm going to get something out of it and not what can I give back, Mm. you know, and and there are a lot of churches that are really great at connecting people to different areas because they understand that, you know, being a Christian is not just going to the worship, you know, going to worship once and once a week or Bible study once a week. Yeah. You know, it is a commitment. But um, that individual person has to realize that my faith is going to have to cost me something. It's going to have to cost me time. It's going to have to cost me my talents. And but that goes back to realizing that, you know, it is it is a job. It is something that we have to do. Yeah. Um, and, and that's hard for some folks, especially if they weren't raised in a heavily involved family that was, you know, you know, helping prepare pair free lunches, you know, going and filling up backpacks, you know, um, doing home repairs, teaching Sunday school. You know, if they were just average worship goers, they may not even understand that being Christian is so much more than that. Absolutely. I really like what you said, don't like about getting comfortable. Like Mm -hmm. we can't get too comfortable. Like I loved being at home. Yeah. (laughs) I I still love being at home when I can be home on Sunday mornings though, you know, during COVID and we were, you know, doing worship at home. And sometimes I would have to come in because I do work at the church. So sometimes I would have to come in on a Sunday to sing or, you know, whatever. And, but on the Sundays that I got to be home, I loved it. And I can't really, I don't want to point the finger at anybody and be like, oh, you shouldn't have stayed home. You know, I, I, 
I don't know what like it would have been like rebuilding the habit of going back to church had right. I not had to be here. Yes. You yes. know, and so I get that it's hard and I get that it's comfortable. But like you were saying, like you are going to experience so much more growth and so much more strength when you are plugged into a body of believers that you are worshiping God with week in and week out. And but just like you said as well, you know, it's not just about, you know, you got to go to church every Sunday to be a Christian. That's not what it's mm-hmm. all about. But it is an extremely important piece of building your faith and building your relationship with God and with others, because part of your relationship with God is being in community with other believers, other yes. people who are like-minded. So I think that's all really good stuff and really good perspective that you are bringing to the table. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you have any other thoughts on this? I don't want to cut you off or anything. So if you have any other thoughts on this, do you want to share anything else? No, I can't think of anything, Okay, you know, in particular. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on here with us today. Do you want to plug your blog one more time and tell sure. us the website for that and everything? Yes. Yes, it's uh, thechurchhopper.com. You can go on there, and um, I typically post... Every week, um, you know, there are times where it's like vacation or something, or maybe I get, you know, backed up and have to write a few, um, you know, at a time. But you can go on there and follow along and see, um, you know, each trip um, to the churches. And I don't, I don't title the blogs um, with the church's name on it because I never, especially if there's maybe something sensitive that I bring up, I don't Mm. want it. To be like I'm trying to blast anything, right? Um, but very quickly, and I do name you know each church yeah. um, because that is you know my perspective yeah. you know of it. Um, so yeah, I invite anybody can go back and read my previous blogs and continue to follow along as I'm going to all the different churches here in Danville. Yes. Um, I do hope in the future to add some more content, just some different things um, that I have noticed that may be helpful to other people. Um, yeah. One piece that I'm working on is um, the top mistakes that churches are making. Cool. Um, and, and those blogs will hopefully be really helpful for those that are heavily involved in church, whether staff or volunteers, to kind of see things that maybe they can do to help um, become a more welcoming church yeah. or maybe more, you know, handicapped accessible or, you know, family-friendly church. Um, and I'm trying to, when I do those blogs, as I've been planning that out, I want those to, you know, be separate so that they're not confused or I go on too big of a rant when I go to a particular church, trying to keep those separate. Absolutely. but yeah, so I'm excited for the possibilities of what's to come. And awesome. I really appreciate uh, being asked to come and do this episode. Yes. So we're so grateful that we got to have you. You said thechurchhopper.com. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. So be sure to check out her blog. I will try to link it in the description of this episode so everybody can just click that and go check it out. Um, we hope you have a great week. Um, we'll be back next week with another episode in this series. And we will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.